Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. guys welcome back to the mbm show it's titus here with my dad again larry headings and uh, we're gonna do this part two of the, the series of masculinity there might be more than that um as we talk we're realizing <laughs> how deep of a topic this is but if you guys enjoyed the last one please uh give it a rating stars on spotify or rating review on Apple podcast, but this episode is going to be on the attack on masculinity. We are seeing, I guess not just now, it's just gotten worse and worse that we're seeing the attack on masculinity and what being a man is and attributes, um, characteristics, uh, actions. That's really the biggest thing that I've seen. There's, there's a lot more than that, but just to dial it into a very, obvious thing is actions um i'm not saying i'm just gonna how i'm gonna open i'm not saying you gotta be rough tough spitting slamming doors uh just aggressive absolutely not that's not at all what i'm talking about what i'm talking about to nail it down to a very obvious thing I think a lot of men see uh, is, to be blunt, the, my wife's staring at me through the glass, is, I'm going to say the word (laughs) limp-wristed, soft, um, moving like a woman acting like a woman, uh, portraying things. I don't want to see a man doing that. <laughs> I, a woman does that. There's no place for that. And we're going to talk about the attack on that, and Dad's going to bring in a lot of illustration and examples what has caused that. And I, I'm not going to preface this again, what we did last time about how we don't think we're this and that. We don't need to do that again on this part. We're not saying we have everything figured out, but I'm telling you that is an attack on it. And um, 
I wanted to say some more things before I, I said that, but I'm just now what I'm, that's not all we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about the attack on masculinity, but what I'm saying is if we were just to pinpoint such an obvious thing as we see how there's a lot of men now that the way they move, the way they walk, the way they act, the way they talk is woman-like. It is not a man. And that's where we need masculinity. That's where masculinity has dropped off. Not everybody. It's not there. But it is such a huge attack. And I think what I think what some people think sometimes is, well, that's that's just their that's just who they are and that's how they express. And men don't need to be so gruff and rough. And I'm like, hundred percent I agree with you. That's not at all what we're saying here, but men need to act like men, you know? So anyways, that's kind of the intro to what this conversation is going to be about. Um, again, off biblical standards, um, and to reiterate something my dad said at the end of the last podcast is, is it has nothing to do absolutely with nothing to do with religion has nothing to do with the certain sect or group. I've said this before on this podcast. I'll say it again. I just said it to one of my friends the other day talking. I really don't like it personally. I really don't like when I just kind of cringe just a little bit. I'm not saying people are wrong when they do this, but I do just cringe a little bit when people are so hard on this religion, this religion. We're, this is who we are. This is who we are. It's like, really? I, I, don't really come around claiming that. I go around claiming that I do my best to live according to God's word from front to back. I don't want to pick and choose how I base my whole relationship with Christ off of one portion of a scripture of the whole Bible. What about the whole rest of it, right? So this has nothing to do with religion. My dad says, like he says, it's relationship. And so... We, I'll stand by the word of God all day long, the Bible, and take it from front to back. And this is what we're based off life experiences, what we've seen, what dad's seen coming. He's 67 years old, born 1955. He's seen the Bible taken out of schools. He's seen the feminist act stuff coming in super strong. He's seen uh, some other things that we talked about in the first one. But anyways, this episode is the attack on masculinity and so basically I reintroduced what we talked about on the last one and how it's currently under attack in our society in so many ways it's under attack. One of the ways, the biggest ways I think it's under attack is what I just said already is basically when a man's being a man uh, and just how our nature is, we're, we're a little bit more rough around the edges, right? Because we're a man, we're get things done, move things quick. We're not, maybe we, if we're moving furniture from our wife, we might be banging walls and getting things out because a man and we're, woman's like, oh, be gentle, be soft. But what I wanted to read, here's what I wanted to start off with, and I'm trying not to get all over the place, and I kind of already have, I'm sorry. But this is what I want to read, this statement that I wrote down. I read this, and it was an old gentleman that was in, I believe he was in World War II. He's passed away now. But I want to read something he said, and then... uh Dad, I would like you to come in and start talking, but um, let me read this. 
Please tell me I put that in here. I could semi-quote it, and I kind of quoted it with Trouss in here, but I wanted to read it exactly verbatim. Oh, my goodness. Where did I put that? Right here. Okay. We as men are in a fight. We really are. Um, because we got to be have moderation in how we teach the next generation, right? You're at a different level than I am. I'm at a different level than Thomas is. Thomas is at a different level than Clark is, his son. But we want to use moderation and we want to use wisdom on how we train, right? I don't just go around kicking Clark around, my kids around, toughen them up and run them into walls like you told the story about. But there's things that are going to happen, though. Thomas isn't going to baby Clark around in certain ways because he doesn't want him to be soft, right? But I'm going to read this from this statement on the attack on masculinity. We, as men in this generation, are in a fight to keep masculinity, to keep what God ordained a man should be, are we not? I'm going to read this statement. Hard times create hard men. Hard men create soft times. Soft times create soft men. Soft men create hard times. That so, is so funny that you're saying that right now because I'm going to say something when you're done here. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No. Go ahead. <clears throat> I think it was Tony Robbins I heard you say. might put it a little closer. It might have moved a little bit. I think it, it was Tony Robbins. Who, you know who he is. Mm -hmm. He's big-time mm -hmm. motivational speaker and everything. And he said, I'd have to write that down again because you saying that is, is I'll, I'll copy and paste it and test it. Text it. It's totally You'll probably comprehend more when you're reading it. Yeah, yeah. Because he said this. He, he said, let me see if I can get it right. And I've shared this with a few people because when he said that, I'm like, wow, that's good. He said, um, and I don't know where he got it, you know, uh, I heard originality is concealing your source. Mm -hmm. So he said, um, good times make weak people. Think yeah. about it. Yeah. Weak people make bad times. Yeah. Bad times make strong people. Yeah, it's the same exact thing. Strong people make good times. Mm -hmm. So I, 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 it sounded basically... It's exactly it's, the same. It's, it's, it's a cycle, and I text to you if you want to like visually look at it. Yeah. But because what I was listening... It was a military podcast, and um, actually, if you guys... I want to be careful who I promote just because I don't, I try not to listen to stuff that has a lot of language in it. So you got to pick and choose. But the Sean Ryan show, if you guys, I almost thought about doing a podcast on stuff I listen to, but the Sean Ryan show is unreal. That guy was a former Navy SEAL. He's also a contractor for, uh, he was special forces and then went into contracting. If you know what that means at all, you know that it means doing stuff you just don't people don't talk about that needs to be done but he has people on you you should i don't know if i've ever sent you any of his stuff it's unreal but i know you listen to a lot of stuff and it's hard to listen to everything but he has people on there that the stories are mind-boggling you're just scratching your head just like how 
do these people, how can a human body go through what some of these people have went through? Um, he just had a lady on, not very good on English, but enough I can understand her. Violet said she couldn't understand. I was listening to her. She's from North Korea. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I've even finished her story about how the things that they're killing people for, um, you know, uh, what's what's their leader right now? Um, son? Isn't yeah, no, Kim, Kim, Kim Jong-un. Kim Jong-un. And she was talking about how they got to have a picture, and if the house is burning down, you got to say that picture. Like, nothing else matters but first the picture of him because he's a god, right? Yeah. That's who. And anyways, I'm not even going to go into that. But I w- going back to what I was saying with masculinity, it's under attack majorly. And I thought, sometimes I think, is there hope? You know, like, because we know the Bible says things are waxing worse and worse till he comes, returns for us to take us home in the rapture. But I don't, we know man knows the day nor the hour, right? Because throughout about 2000 years, people thought, oh, this is as bad as it can get. And then things get better depending on what happens. So maybe we are seeing the signs of the times. We know he's coming back and we don't know when it is. So maybe things are going to get better in our economy, in our society. Maybe things will get a little bit better for a little bit. And then, they'll, you know, just the cycle that it does up and down, right? We don't really know. It could, right? Mm-hmm. You could put a different leader in office. You could get a whole different cabinet. You can get a different congressman. And all of a sudden... Everybody's like, like you said, snap of a finger. Everybody's like, man, we're living the greatest day and age. It really could. That could be that way in two years. We could be right back there again. We don't know, right? Can't see the future. If it stays the way it's going, it ain't good. All is all I'm saying. But when I heard this guy make this statement, I'll say it again. Hard times create hard men, meaning tough men, mentally tough, physically tough, Got to push through it. Your physical body is capable of more than you ever could imagine that it's capable of. I don't. I think when we've pushed it to the, our max, I pushed myself to my max. I bet you I still had thirty percent left in the tank that I didn't even know. Maybe more. Maybe I've only put myself to fifty percent. But hard times create hard men. You've got to suck it up. You're either in or out. When times get tough, you're. And reason I'm talking about this is because our military force the leaders in them are pathetic not all of them but they're pathetic they're weak they're not the form of what i would look at masculine all they care about is career progression all they they don't care about their soldiers they don't care about their men and if they were put on the battlefield with bullets whizzing by their heads they're gonna lay on the ground cry like a baby i promise you i know there ain't a doubt in my mind so hard times get rid of those people it weeds those people out because there is no, they're either going to die or they're going to run. Mm-hmm. They're not staying there. Okay. But what happens is hard. We're, we're not in that phase right now at all, but hard men creates. Now those hard men create soft times because they deal with it. They fight for what they believe in. And then it creates the good times, the soft times, like mm-hmm. in times of peace. Right. But then soft times create soft men. See, we're not in soft time right now. We're in a hard time, but what it is, we got a bunch of soft people, a soft men. So we're in that phase of it. We're in the end phase of it. So we're the we, only place we have to go right now is it says soft men create hard times. And that's where we're at right now. That's exactly where we're at. But what what's the cycle again that it goes back to? Hard times create hard men. Right. Because that's the only place we have to go right now. Mm-hmm. 
And so that's the attack we're under. We have a lot of soft men. And so now we have hard times that we're dealing with. And I say hard, really, Dad? You know this as good as I do. We don't really have hard right now. Like, we see the trend where it's taking us. Mm -hmm. It is creating that. But I was talking to Brother Hill about this. They had to stay in World War II. They had to keep the speed limit at 25 or below because they were so scarce on rubber. That hard times was affecting everybody, not just guys overseas fighting. They were having to skimp with this material and that material, and they couldn't use this fuel. They were so limited on how much fuel it was rationed out. Brother Hill talked about how it was rationed out. You seen where it was super high, and it was almost kind of like you, people were racing to the tanks and trying to get the fuel. He's talking about you only got so much fuel. So we've never even faced nothing like as bad as Afghanistan and all that got. And Iraq, I'm talking about my generation, right? Where I see an effect uh, in my life too as well. Um, we What here has been affected by any of that, right? Like in the United States, we forget, people forgot that we were even still over there back when it was only five, six years in because we were there for so long. But I'm saying sacrifices weren't having to be made here. But we're talking, we're going to a point where it's affecting us and it's going to be ready because it's going to affect us here. Like where it's sacrifices we might have to start making as a country, as a nation, as a people, because if we go on the path that we're on right now, that's where it's going to go to. And so I, I wanted to get that off my, get off off my chest, but basically say this too, and then start this whole conversation Genghis Khan I've read books on him and it's history basically Genghis Khan always trained after victory as though he was going to battle the very next day Mm -hmm. so the next day that he would defeat I mean that guy was taking over the world Uh, powerful leader and the reason why he was doing that is because he was training they would win a battle and the very next day they were losing men to death in training why now? Why would someone do that? You just won a great battle. Let's take a day off. Let's relax a little bit here. Hey, man, we just beat this whole country. We took over this whole island or this whole nation. There are servants now, and we picked and choose the women from them, and we killed the men. And you know what I'm saying? Like, but the very next day, he's out there. They're ambidextrous. They're shooting left and right-handed, running a horse with pinpoint accuracy. Why? Why were they winning and beating everybody? Because they trained like they were always in battle, even though they may not mm. have been. And I think when we get in soft times, what's the first thing we do? We want to relax. We want to enjoy the fruits, right? And so bringing that all down to the attack on masculinity is when we get in times where we're not having to make big sacrifices, we become soft. And with that softness, uh, it creates soft men. Soft times create soft men. And <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> so let me see. Where do we want to go with that? Because I guess I would. I would guess the first question I'd have uh, when we did the other podcast. Mm-hmm. You know, um, talked a little history. Mm-hmm. Um, you you did talk about Brother Hilton and the gas rationing mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. But you know. I believe it was 1973, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, 
because it was right when I graduated high school. But anyway, they had odd and even days because the whole thing was, uh, I believe it was Jimmy Carter, and because I ran and everything that was going on then, they actually had gas lines, which I have not seen in my life anyway mm -hmm. since that particular time, lines of people down the road. And you could only go get gas if... I don't remember if it was your license plate or your license, but I think it was your license plate. You could, if it was odd or even, you could only go in on those specific days yeah. and, and get gasoline. So I remember those shortages. Uh, also, you know, we went mm -hmm. through that and, uh, you know, it was the whole thing with, uh, I, I think, I don't know if it was OPEC or who, but somehow there, there was a shortage of gas. So, I can remember those times, and, and uh, you know, you think about my gramps, you know, yeah. my dad. You know, they, again, they went through World War, t you know, too. And, 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 I mean, there was Vietnam when I was growing up, and like I told you, we did not have a TV in our house. I was 13, and so I, I was born in 55, and so what year was it that Vietnam started? I mean, like, it was, well, when we got involved, you mean? Yeah, when we got involved in Vietnam, what year was it? Right like now. fifty in the fifties? Or I don't think so. It was started early, but I don't think we got involved till later in the sixties. But let me double check. Anyway, I remember. Okay, so we didn't have a TV, and so you know, instead of calling the TV, we all call it, called it the television. Mm -hmm. So break that down. Tell a vision. Tell a vision. Yeah. Okay. The Bible says. Uh, well, it does say. I was thinking. Yeah, it says somewhere yeah. in the 50s, well, upper 50s. Well, it says the U.S. presence of Vietnam began as early as 1944, but that's not. No. no that's, it, anyway. it was fought between 1955 to 1975. I see. Right. But I don't think it's not saying exactly when they entered. Yeah. But anyways. But anyway, so I remember, I remember, um, you know, okay, if you think about the word tell a vision. 65. You, you know, the Bible says, without vision, my people perish. Mm -hmm. And um, I think on that last podcast when we were talking, I had somewhere to go, and I think I didn't finish it because mm -hmm. I think I just realized what it was. Remember when I was talking about um, we went to the state capitol and um, the minorities were, uh, you know, they were saying this other group of people should not be getting minority yeah. status because mm -hmm. they had a choice? Yeah. And so... Um, the 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super-fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com at Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. 
The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. Um, anyway, where was I gone? I just had a mind. It's one of those things we talked about in the last podcast. Your brain is going, you know, my yeah. brain goes too many directions thinking because I'm leaving tomorrow. Um, man, I totally lost that thought. Okay, so one thing I was going to bring up about example or television, you know, like, oh, I remember. So, so Vietnam, so Vietnam, when it was going on, my uncle Sam, which is Gramps's brother, uh, he's passed away. But anyway, we would go over to their house. And I remember as a little kid, I had to be four or five, six, something like that. And uh, what they would do is they would have on the news, which back then you believed what the news is. Now I don't believe basically anything they say hardly, uh, which I don't even watch it. But um, what it is, is they were literally showing the Vietnam War out there. They were showing the men out there, uh, you know, doing doing the fight and then, mm-hmm. and you know they were out there and stuff and then they showed them coming back when Vietnam was over because mm-hmm. I literally graduated in seventy three and so uh, I missed it like by a year or two and and so those poor guys man they were disgraced mm-hmm. you know and oh they were baby killers and they mm-hmm. and you know, I'm not saying it was good war ain't good period right no we don't we my uncle was in the Korean War nobody ever brother Donald was in the yeah. Korean War and nobody ever talks about it. I interviewed him and I have that saved on a hard drive uh, because it needs to be shared I mean heartbreak Ridge and all that stuff that went on these were tough times mm-hmm. man that they did stuff that like you said humanly possible you mm-hmm. can do so much more than you think mm-hmm. that you can you know and uh that's actually, to me, <laughs> that's a su- another subject. Yeah. Having a wife that encourages you and respects you and is your cheer- can be your cheerleader, yeah. I don't know about you, but to me it goes a long mm-hmm. ways. It means a lot, you know what I mean? And so, but telling a vision. So, so what it was is they would have you believe that they're the majority. See, that's what I believe is going on yeah. today, too. This whole thing that if you're one of those people that look at everything that's going on on the television, they're telling you their vision. Mm-hmm. And if you believe everything that they say, uh, there is a great awakening going on and people are becoming aware of the lies that these people and the propaganda that these people are trying to make you believe. And they would have you believe that the, the feminism uh, or the masculinity has went to nothing. Mm-hmm. We're talking a small minority, okay? Mm-hmm. The people that are actually doing the changes and all this stuff that's going on, they are they are not a, major, a majority. Right, right. They're not at all. No, you know. But in my opinion, it's too much, okay? Yeah. But they're definitely not the majority. The conservative, uh, the movement, the people waking up to what's going on, the people that are. Uh, you know, when you're going through that time of puberty, these little kids, man, if I would have told you you were a girl from the time you were a little mm-hmm. kid mm-hmm. till puberty happened, chances are you're going to brain, be brainwashed yeah. into yeah. the fact that you think you're a girl or yeah. I, I was put in the wrong body. Yeah. How sick. Okay, check this out. I was thinking about this the other day. I think they're wanting to say in these public schools 
that these kids, okay, that the parents do not have the right to make the choice for their little kids whether they do this or not. Mm-hmm. They make this change. It's private. <laughs> huh. Well, you tell me why then do they have to be minimum 18 years old or 21 years old to go drink alcohol? Right, right. Why do they have to be that? How can you tell me when I can drink and when I can't drink? Hello, yeah, yeah. exactly. Or when I can or, smoke and can't or smoke. Vote. Or vote. Or any of this other yeah. stuff. Why Why when they're one-year-old or two-year-olds or three-year-olds? Change your whole sexual born nature. Cut yourself off and, yeah. and then live with regrets all your life. Yeah. You're not even old enough to make the choice. Yeah. And, and But they want to keep it private because I think, I believe, they, number one, they took God out of the whole equation. Number two is they want to take the rights of the parents to make the right decision because I can tell you right now, those teachers, when I went to public school, which I grew up and I went to public school, I can, looking back on it now, I do not, I did not know what I know now. And I can tell you, there was a woman there. uh, She was a woman she, super short hair. I had no idea what she was, but looking back, I know what she was. She used to, you know, again, to my shame, I'm admitting it, uh, you know, being a rebellious kid, you know, the fad, the peer pressure, back when I was going to school, you know, high school and so forth, long hair was a big deal. Mm-hmm. And man, I wanted long hair because everybody else had long hair and I had long hair. Mm-hmm. And but I can tell you one thing: I wasn't weak kneed ever, ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and thankfully, it was I wasn't because I had parents growing up that I went fishing and I went hunting and I used to go out backpacking by myself down into deep canyons, down in places going fishing. You know, mm-hmm. but I did do that, and I wish I wouldn't have did that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wish I wouldn't have did that, and. I can tell you what it did do. I was making sure, like, again, if, if as my parents, like, if you're going to be in my house, this ain't happening. Mm-hmm. Right. You're under my authority when you're in my house. Mm-hmm. And uh, is that me or you? I don't know. It's ringing. But anyway, so what I'm saying is that wouldn't happen. But that was a fad back then, mm-hmm. right? Real long hair, yeah. and, you know, big deal, you know. So that that's a, another regret. I mean, you've seen pictures of it. It looks pretty stupid, honest, quite honestly. But I never was weakening. Now, you you talk about, I talked with a very wise man who is our pastor, and you know this. And I thought to myself, because I've actually seen church people, uh, young people, that they come maybe from back east mm-hmm. or places closer, whatever. Mm-hmm. I've seen them. They have more of a feminine, feminine tendency. Mm-hmm. And so... I was like, this doesn't register with me, okay? Like, these people are very gifted, musically inclined. But, like, why is it that they have some of these feminine um, tendencies? And so I asked him, I said, these guys are church people. They should know better. I mean, like, this don't even look right. Like, to me, anyway. Like, being masculine. Mm-hmm. I say it's attack on it, too. But what it is, is he he was saying, and it totally made sense. He said what he feels it is, is these dads are so busy doing what they do mm-hmm. that the, and, and music is a big deal with these people, 
which I love music. But what it is, is these boys, from the time they're little up, looking up to people that are musically inclined and people that are teaching them, what they're doing is they're actually spending more time with the women. Uh And they're not spending time with their dad as far as doing anything outdoors. I personally cannot tell you how I believe it is important to take your kids as a man and take them outdoors, take them hunting, take them fishing, take them camping, take them backpacking, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Because you know what? For personally, uh, I've had some of the best conversations with other men, friends, and actually experiences with you and Thomas of times that we actually was able to have conversations and experiences that impact you the rest of your life. You know what I mean? Yeah. To help you become stronger, to help you uh, have more godly principles. I mean, I've literally had some of the most incredible sessions with John Carpenter, let's say, mm-hmm. gone archery hunting and sitting on the side of a mountain in between when the bulls are bugling or whatever and just talking about life and talking about uh, life experiences and talking about God. Because, see, here's the thing, though. The Bible talks about <clears throat> not worshiping the creation, yeah, but worshiping the creator. Mm-hmm. And so I've thought this so many times. I thought to myself, people that struggle um, with a manly figure, mm-hmm. I really believe that if you, let's say you're a woman, I've seen this happen, so I know it's true already, but let's say you're a woman and you got a dad that's abusive, Mm -hmm. big time. It could be sexually, it could Mm -hmm. be physically, it could be uh, no love showed at all. You know, I feel like what it can do is turn them off to God Mm -hmm. because when you think of a father figure, God the Father, you associate those two, and God is love. Mm -hmm. He wants the best for you. See, the Bible says in John 10, 10, the thief cometh not but to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus came to give us life and give it more abundantly. You as a good father want the best for your children. Mm -hmm. You as a husband want the best for your wife, your family, your grandkids. You want the best, Mm -hmm. right? You don't you don't want them to be failures. You don't want them to struggle. You don't want them to be alcoholics. You don't want them to be drug addicts. You don't want them to be any of that stuff because you know where it goes. The thief, the devil, comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Steal what? Steal my joy. Steal my finances. Steal my wife. Steal my kids. Steal my grandkids. Steal my health. Steal my finances. Steal all that stuff. Right? Mm-hmm. That's what goes on. And I've seen it through my life, so many people. And there's a saying, probably most people have heard this, but the definition of insanity is to continue to do the same thing and expect different results. Mm -hmm. You know, and even in the Bible, it talks about the prodigal son. I've told your, your mother, me and her, I mean, she's got family members that have, and so do I. Anyway, we got family members that it's like, why do they keep doing this mm-hmm. same thing over and over and over? And I literally have told her and come to the conclusion that sometimes, you know, what number one, what you got to do is pray for them. Mm-hmm. Trust God. 
that all things work together for the good to those that love God. And sometimes people won't come to this saving realization and maybe until they're on their deathbed. But sometimes I believe, I've been here, so I'm telling you for a fact that I knew better. I took this Bible I have with me even, even when I wasn't living right. I had it beside my bed because I knew that was the Word of God. Mm-hmm. And I believe sometimes people literally have to eat out of the slot bucket. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know that story, you should read about it because the prodigal son, <laughs> he, wanted, he wanted what his ha- father had for him, basically to make it short, yeah. and he went out and sowed his oats. And he went down the tube to the point he was eating out of the slot bucket. Oh, the pigs, yeah. Yeah, the pig, you know, slot bucket. I was raised on a farm, so I knew what that meant. But slot bucket, you know, because we used to have pigs at my mm. at Gramps's. And, and, you know, all the scrap food and stuff like that, you'd put in a bucket and you would take out there and put in the, the trough and they mm. would eat out of it, right? And they loved it. And uh, But sometimes, man, people... You're just going to get beat up if you fight this. It's like swimming against the stream. If you don't have God on your side and lead, guiding, and directing Mm -hmm. you, man, you you know, this life with uh, the enemy in this this world that we're living in uh, comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Yeah. And so, yeah, it can be. But you know what? Like you said, you were saying is, is, man, we got that hope. You know, and the Bible says where sin abounds, grace doth much more more abound that's part of my hope mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah and so me i want to ask you a question because this would be really interesting i think i know the answer but i'd like to hear it from your own mouth so you were probably how old when uh because you know my mom and dad or his grandpa and grandma were both passed away they they died 12 uh 2012 you know we they lived in oregon and here we live in california so um a few times we when we we always went up there, mm-hmm. but a few times we left you with them mm-hmm. when me and mom would go maybe to Hawaii or mm-hmm. go on a trip or whatever, go to the coast, whatever. But um, what what I said earlier about Gramps being meek mm-hmm. and humble, you knew he was. Oh, so give me your take on him as a little kid. What you know as a grandson, what you thought of him as far as a man. He wasn't weak, weak linked at all, or weak need at all, was he? What do no. you think? No, I I always looked at him as obviously a hero, like a hero, strong, um, very um, disciplined. Because you know sometimes grandma would be kind of harassing him a little bit, like some a lot of women do, you driving or the way you chew or just yeah. just the goofiest stuff. Yeah. But he would not say a word. And I oh, I took that in a lot. And uh, he was very uh, teaching, taught me a lot, a lot of different things. He would show me, very patient. Like you said, very meek. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you almost wished he'd talk a little bit more. But uh, let me do a lot of things that I felt like made me big, which was – Part of mas- being masculine, becoming a man, is let doing those things that maybe you thought, oh, your dad maybe won't let you do that. It wasn't it's not unsafe or wrong. It was right. just putting you in a position to learn and experience things, um, just teaching stuff about the garden, just about life. And then every night, he'd always be brain- reading and praying every single night. Mm-hmm. I, never seen, I never didn't see him do that, ever. Mm-hmm. 
you know, and then he'd had all those books on the side. So as a young person, I always seen that and looked at that and it made my interest in books mm. and to read, spend time in prayer, spend time meditating. He would sit there with his hands folded and he'd have his eyes closed on his chin in that little blue chair he sat mm-hmm. on the side. So though I think about that stuff all the time and have so much respect in that. I never seen him lose his temper. I didn't. I mean, mm-hmm. whatever you see as growing up, but as a grandfather, I never seen him lose his temper. I never seen him have a bad attitude and treat people wrong. It's like, man, you know, you know, you hear people talk about people like that. And you're like, oh, you know, whatever. But like, that's really how I felt about him. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's like he was super kind. Yeah, just someone definitely a, an amazing person to look at mm-hmm. as an example. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I know he wasn't perfect or whatever, but it's just. I mean, you could, I almost felt that, you know, there, you know, how these brother Hilton, they're his grandkids. I mean, that's how they feel about him. Mm-hmm. Brother Jack Stroll that just passed away. It's kind of like, you're like, oh, you know, whatever. But like, I mean, that's, that says something mm-hmm. like, how do you, that's, that's, that's some good people mm-hmm. and only God can help you be that way because it's like, you can only pull the bull over so much before the real truth comes out. But there's something, there was definitely things there that I want to strive to. I got a long ways to go, but I really want to strive to have that, you know? Mm-hmm. So, that, so that was kind of so, how I looked at it. So so don't you, based on that, don't you, okay, so that relationship with a grandson and and grandfather, do, do you, that was an added support mm-hmm. to what, you were you, trying. To I was teaching. Plus, your friends at church, what the Sunday school teachers mm-hmm. were teaching, to the pastor was teaching because family is major. Yeah. With Brother Hilton, so that really gave you, I feel, more of a possibility of success, right? Because you had those examples, mm-hmm. and I don't. You know, it's funny because all all this time that, you know, that you were with them and spending that time, I'd never ask you that. So that makes me not pride in a good way, but proud that my dad, which I, that's how I see him, Mm -hmm. proud that my dad had that. I miss my dad. Mm Mm-hmm. I wish I would have could have talked to him right now, like more, mm-hmm. and my mom too. But when it's over, it's over, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, they did so much for me. And when I, I honestly looking back on it, I was not deserving because they loved me, you know. They loved all of them, you know. But Grant, I was so blessed, man. I had no idea goes right with that saying. It says you don't know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and the sad thing is you don't even know you don't know. Mm-hmm. But I remember my cousins, man. Some of my cousins that lived in town. And uh, they weren't raised like I was. And uh, they were divorced and remarried. And God, all the struggles it, it made on them. And the funny thing is, talking to them later on, they wanted to be where I was. <laughs> Crazy. And 
I can remember Grant, my mom, one of my cousins, my older cousins, <clears throat> his dad, his dad got killed in a skiing accident and uh, water skiing accident. And I remember the pain of my grandma, man, crying because he definitely didn't live for God. Not saying he didn't have a split second mm -hmm. of a time, but he got killed instantly, broke his neck, hit by another boat. And uh, I'll never forget that sound. I didn't, it was like her wailing and the pain that she went through, you know what I mean? And uh, my cousin, man, just like his mom and dad being divorced and, he told me at their funeral, he said, my mom was the only one that ever, every year sent him a birthday card, you know, because it was, his dad was my mom's brother. And I remember him as a little kid, he worked for a hostess, you know, a delivery truck. And I remember him coming out to our house because where I grew up, my granddad built that house, which I never had a granddad. I mean, I had two granddads, but I never knew him. I never knew him at all. And so I didn't have that kind of like what you're talking about you had. Mm -hmm. And so that makes me, because all seven of our grandkids, it makes me want to be, because they have it. Mm -hmm. And it makes me want to be, live a healthy lifestyle I don't want to be, God willing, some old, decrepit, broke down, unhealthy man that people have to babysit me because I want to be an example to them, a light to them, spiritually and physically, mm -hmm. you know? And the Bible says a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. I want to leave an inheritance to them. So it's about being that example, you know what I mean? Because I did not have it. Mm -hmm. It was just my parents, you know what I'm saying? But, like, now you look at Grandma, my mom. So you know some of the things. She was legally blind. She had macular degeneration. What you said earlier is how my dad, I don't know how he did it, honestly. <laughs> like, he's way better than I am because, like, if my wife tries to tell me how to drive, your mom tells me how to drive. It, it All it does, I remember my mom telling my dad, Dad, watch out for this, or mm -hmm. Dad, do, you know, because she's in the back seat. She's legally blind, and he's driving, and she's saying this stuff, and he's never saying nothing. It wasn't because he was some sis either. No. He just had self-control. Mm -hmm. And... I always thought that I never thought it was because he was weak. No, I never, and it's because of how he lived everything else out. That's why I think it wasn't because yeah. then you can't take one little window of of a illustration and define a man by that, right? Mm -hmm. I was we defined him as everything else we saw for him, and, and like you said, I knew even at a young age it was self control, mm -hmm. and we're not trying to make my grandma sound all bad you know but like dad said it's like we all knew she couldn't see nothing yet she's always getting on to him about turning here or this or that and and it was just it's kind of funny but in a way like if you were in his shoes you'd be you'd probably be irritated right but he just he learned and i think it's funny because i was talking some other day i've learned more how to be more i always think of that mm -hmm. anytime sarah's in the car and she's this or that or slow down she don't 
nowhere. It's funny because we both gotten better, right? You do over time. You all, everybody should. You should try to get better. We've been married 17 years, 18 in Jan. It'll be 18 in January, so almost six months. But um, this upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tacovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tacovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tacovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tacovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacovis store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. She don't do it as much, but she used to ride me all the time about how fast I drive. And I mean, I wasn't even driving that fast. I mean, like on speed limit 70, I'm going like 72 or three. I've never drove. But anyways, I used to always think of him when she'd be doing that. And back then I didn't have as much self-control. I would just fight back, get mad. And sometimes maybe even drive a little faster. I don't, you know, mm-hmm. not, that's not good. That's not good traits. Yeah. But anyways, I used to remember thinking that and now like, we almost don't really ever have those conversations much. Me and Sarah, when we're I'm driving, you know, it's just every once in a while she'll say stuff. But I think of that and I'm like, what good does it profit you? What does it do to say things back or say? I mean, you can look through Proverbs and part of masculinity is these things, right? Like these are such big things. And maybe this fit more in the other podcast than this episode, but is to be to have power over your tongue, which that's more in other scripture, not Proverbs, but Proverbs gives so much wisdom about these things. I mean, a man that ruled his own spirit is stronger than a city. Like, I mean, if you can't, if you can't rule that, if I can't rule that, if I lash out, if I get angry, if I lose my temper, if I go past that point, almost of no return. And that's a scary place to be. If you get that bad, that ain't a good place to be. And that's not what, Christ wants us to be like, you know, not, there's been a few times I've straight up lost my temper and it's nothing, but you, nothing comes out good out of that except regret. Right. And so the more that I can guard my tongue, guard my actions, guard my thoughts, which is all where it starts, right. Mm -hmm. Is in the mind. And, um, I guess I might be jumping ship because we're losing time and I want to get into some more things, but I think that's such, we might just have to do another episode to be honest with you because it's, you have a topic and an outline, but the problem is you don't always know where that conversation is going to lead. And I think everything you've said has been so great about 
grandpa and the example and men in your life, who they are to you is what makes you who you are today. And I know having you in my life, <clears throat> having grandpa, uh, headings, I mean, I call him gramps, but uh, even grandpa Stan, his, you know, way he brought out the things of the military and like that, that was something to me, right? How he served, it, it's, it meant something to me, how he loved his country. Um, Brother Hilton, what he's been in my life. And I look at people like, that have been examples to me in church, in life, in work, in hunting, fishing. Steve Taylor, I've always looked up to him a lot in my life. Uh, Clifford Burris on the workforce. And those guys work, you know what I mean? Like, I didn't, I didn't see it from you because I, you taught me how to do that. That's the only reason I probably survived with those guys. But Benji Burris, you know, we I hugged his neck. He lost, he lost his grandma and grandpa in one month. We, I lost, I told him, I related to him. I said, I lost mine, was it six weeks or eight? Five. Five weeks, almost the same window of time. He lost two influential people in his life that was heroes to him, right? I lost two in a week. Unfortunately, with the one, I went to got to go to grandma's funeral. It broke my heart that I couldn't go to grandpa's because Sarah was due any minute, and I didn't want to miss the birth of our second child. But that still bothers me. I, I hate that. I miss that. <clears throat> couldn't be there for that. But those people, all those people I named, Cliff Burris, I worked with them, framed Benji Burris. He's not a ton older than me, but he was old enough. I pray to God that I've been that masculine influence, that manly influence of how to work hard, how to not make excuses. The biggest thing that we want to do, it's in our stinking nature from a young age is make excuses or blame other people. And that is the attack that we see on masculinity today. And I can feel, I feel this right now, okay? That is the biggest attack is Benji never let me. He was one person. You didn't either. You always kiboshed that, right? But I needed maybe more than just dad at home saying that. I've had other dads come to me and say, thank you for reiterating what I tell my kids at home because for some reason it clicks in their head more, even more so than it did when I said it. Cause it's not just dad anymore. It's like, Oh, it's Ty just saying that too. Mm-hmm. And I want, that's who I want to be. I want to hear that feedback. I want to know that that's the kind of person I'm being because I remember it does excuses. Everybody has them. Right. And what we want to do is, is they don't matter. They really don't No boss guys. If you're listening to this and you haven't really started a full-time job yet, no boss cares why you were late for work. I'm sorry. Just learn that right now from me. If you can ever take an example, I don't care how good the excuse is. I don't because it's never going to matter. And the best thing that you or Benji or anyone could ever taught me was is almost make me mad to the point of you're not even going to let me explain why I was late. No, it doesn't. It doesn't matter because you're here now. Get to work. Right. And I remember Benji did that a couple of times. I, I think literally one time I ever went and I only worked for them for like a year and a half framing houses in track houses, but I showed up one time and I don't remember. I There was no excuse. I can't even tell you what the excuse was. It wasn't like you got hurt. And if it was something like that, like, oh, my dad was injured or he was in a car accident, something like that. I just, bottom line, didn't leave my house soon enough. I didn't get up early enough. You know, I didn't set my alarm. So don't make excuses. Nobody cares about them. Just do what you're supposed to do. 
because that's what our nature is. is we want to cover for ourselves. And Jocko Willenick, I listen to, he talks about owning it. Own it. I didn't get up. I didn't, I didn't prepare good enough. I didn't get up early enough. I didn't get out of bed. I didn't have my stuff ready. I didn't prepare for the traffic that I was going to face. I didn't prepare for um, the weather and that there was going to be people sliding off the road. I didn't prepare for that. We got to own that and accept that. And the attack on masculinity right now is people are literally, there's so many ways out of owning up to things we need to own up for. Oh, Oh, you know, I was, I was, I was abused at home or I was mistreated or they looked at me wrong. See, I'm not saying God forbid all anybody that listens to this, how you were mistreated at home. There's more than we can even imagine because it's horrible. It's terrible. I I want to have empathy and compassion for those people because there's, to me, there's nothing hardly worse on this earth than somebody that abuses children, uh, physically, sexually, mentally, any of that stuff. I listened to another one guy. There was a creep looking in this guy's kid's window for five years from the time he was eight till he was, uh, I believe he was 13 would come this and he lived in a neighborhood in a town. This creep would come in there and stare and watch him. That's all he would do is watch this kid play in his room. And it mentally jacked that kid bad. He would go live in his closet because he didn't want that guy to look at him. He said he could never make out his face, but he could see his breath on the window. And I thought, I've, I've, you know, I think of the physical abuse or the sexual abuse that people face. That's horrendous in itself. That guy never laid a finger on this kid. Nobody even ever still to this day never knows who that guy was. Obviously lived somewhere around there. But mentally taunted that kid. Some pervert staring through a window jacked that kid. He's he's he was a Marsoc Raider in the Marines, tough as nails, did some insane things, and to this day he still breaks down over that time in his life that some creep was watching him through he he said he basically learned to live in his closet, sleep in his closet, because he was so afraid the boogeyman was staring at him. He didn't make this up. And what happened was his parents didn't even believe that there was someone there because every time they come in the room, that guy would take off until they finally busted him. They actually end up basically seeing him running off. They still never busted him as in turned him into the law. But so imagine your parents not believing anything that you say. So the things that the atrocities that people go through and face in life, it's only by the mercy of God that all of us haven't experienced more than we have. Right. And I'm thankful that I've been protected, but we've all faced our own things. Maybe it's things we won't talk about, but, um, to man, we're out. We're <laughs> we're out time. I was trying to get to. I was working not to get to this other part, but I I just don't. We just can't do it. I literally have an appointment, and I know you got things you got to do. But I don't know if you how you want to wrap that up. But anyways, what where I was going with that is is I'm being sensitive to those things by all means. I promise you to the things that have happened in our childhood and our lives. Yeah, I want us to be take on the masculine role, the right role, and that is to somehow get help. Ask God will help you with that. He'll strengthen your mind, but not use that as a place to dictate the rest of your life. Don't let that dictate who you are. There's a judge in Merced County that I know of was absolutely the most horrendous story 
And if he would have did what a lot of people nowadays try to do is to live off of those horrible physical sexual abuses like he did and just let that define your whole life, there's no possible way he'd be where he is today. But instead, he takes that experience in life, decided to do something with himself, and now he's a judge who gets to protect kids that could possibly be in these situations or have been and bring them out of those situations and protect them. So instead of letting it destroy his life and just be strung out on dope, strung out on heroin or meth and live under the bridge, which we don't, those stories, they have their stories too, trust me. And I'm not being insensitive to that. But what I'm saying is you can make a difference. You know, this guy that I was talking about, the Marine guy, the Marsock, he made, he made a, he, he made a choice. He had to make a choice and he had to start somewhere and it led him to a place where now he's sharing his story and it's helping people. So I want to encourage anybody out there, don't let those things define you and let your life be completely obliterated by wrong things that may have been done to you. But take that, find that positive figure in your life. First off, find Christ and and grab the go buy a Bible and honestly reading it. The smartest of doctors have tried to prove it wrong and end up giving their life to Christ and having a relationship with Him because when they got into that, they couldn't help it but how the power of the words of God brought life into their hearts mm-hmm. and changed them. Mm-hmm. And um what they thought they knew was right, maybe wasn't so right, you know. Because we don't know, we don't know what's good for ourselves. Right. We can't figure it out ourselves. So I kind of got all the way all, all well, over the place. Not I know you got to go because of the time. So, but in closing, let's just say, how about if I just say this yeah. one thing? Because I could, I could say so many more things. But um, let's just imagine if you're a person that doesn't believe there's a God, or mm-hmm. you haven't had an example of yep. a loving father or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, um, first of all. I just want to say happy Mother's Day because I know it's coming up on mm-hmm. the, uh, this following. I, I wish I had my other mother back, and I, you know, we got my mom and everything mm-hmm. like that. But I appreciate all the mothers out there uh, that have made a difference because they're they're incredible the mm-hmm. things that they do. And I just wanted to say I appreciate you. Mm-hmm. So thank you for the women. <laughs> yeah, and what they do. Yeah, because if I wouldn't have had a wife, you wouldn't be here. Right, <laughs> and cool. I'm proud of you, and I'm, I appreciate what you do, Todd. Yeah, thanks. So, yeah, it was fun to be part of this. We're we're gonna have to finish up some of these other things. I I, I kind of wanted to talk about um how traditional masculinity, which is not a bad thing. There there's negatives in it, right? There could be you could pull negatives out of some things way people did things back in the day, the traditional way of how men would teach their sons to be masculine, like no no affection. That's you know that ain't right either, right? Um. And that that's been blamed on why people are are homosexuals, and that's why men turn that way because of the way their fathers are. But anyways, we'll get on that topic later. Um, like I said, just you know, excuses, and it's just no matter how you look at it, it's just it's not the end. Like that can't be your that can't be your ending of your story. It has to. We've got a the prodigal son went home. Yeah. 
You know, he was sick of eating out of the slops pen or the yeah. pig's pen, <clears throat> pig's trough. Well, but, thanks for coming over. Are you going to be gone for a little while? Three weeks? I'm thinking said? it might be three weeks. Three? I don't know. Not 100% sure. Not. Well, I mean, not really, because don't know how long for sure we'd stay with Nancy. Don't know how long for yeah. sure we'd stay with. And then coming back, it won't be a, sh- a straight shot like what's happening when I start driving on Wednesday, it's basically a straight shot down 40 mm. or east on 40 mm. to Alabama, you know. Yeah. So I don't know how it's going to be coming about. I mean, this is the first time I've went. There. I, I I actually did several states before, but I never got past the Colorado, the Rockies, you mm. know, over, oh, okay. over on the east side over that direction. Yeah. But, so, yeah, it's going to be interesting. It'll be fun. I, I was looking at the weather, though, say prayer. Okay. <laughs> because... There's some unruly weather happening. Yeah, I seen that. You know, unstable. Yeah, yeah. and the, I guess well, the, I guess time. the challenge with mom is she's, you know, I I've I've went through some gnarly stuff this last winter because as you know our weather, uh, we got a ton of snow mm-hmm. gone over Donner. I've had some gnarly experiences, but anyway, yeah. So, you know. I believe there's a point of time to die. So I pray every morning for the guardian angels of God to camp around about us and the people because I don't want to hurt nobody, you know. And so I just say pray and go. Yeah. Well, we'll be praying for you, and uh, I, maybe we'll do. We'll have to do some follow-ups. Um, Actually, you know, it'd be kind of interesting. Take some notes. Would be kind of interesting. Um. I told mom, I'm going to like, I want us to video and take pictures because mm-hmm. afterwards, I, you know, through the whole journey mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But maybe, just maybe, I don't know, a, a podcast or something, when you're on a trip like that, you can do it by phone, huh? Mm-hmm. That's yeah, it. we can touch bases and see yeah, how yeah. it's going. Yeah. Yeah. We you can, have a headpiece and all that. Yeah. Or, well, I got my head, well, headset or something. Yeah, I got a headpiece. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, well, we'll probably do that maybe halfway <coughs> through your journey. Maybe that's how mom yeah. can, we can. She's never. She says she wants to be on the podcast. I don't know if she just says that or she did. Just, she say that? She said that multiple times. And she's like, "When are you gonna have me on?" I'm like, "Are you serious?" And then she just laughs. So I don't I have no idea. Well, Trin you know, says the same thing. Trin? Yeah, but I just think they're just. Oh, we. You know what? We we really that'd be fun to yeah. hear. It, I I honestly, you and Sarah on together to me is super interesting. Yeah. I like it just because of the yeah. differences of opinion. You know, isn't it so funny? We yeah. seem to marry opposites, right? Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we'll 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 get some of that going for you. We'll get some of the p- family podcast going. That can bring some action, probably. <laughs> so we'll. Thanks for listening. M- MMA. Yeah. UFC. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you guys on the next one. Okay. <laughs>